dipshit. It's advice from a dipshit with Matt Frogger. Hey, uh, here we are again. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for being a fan and maybe a, a caller inner or whatever you are. Um, I'm Matt Bronger. This is Advice from a Dipshit, uh, recording from the house with uh, the amazing Amanda, super producer. Um, I realized I was talking to Amanda and, uh, oh, first off, while I'm thinking about it, guys, a lot of people have been calling a couple times and just going like, wait, I want to get this just right. There's there's no real just right. There's no judgment here. It's not, you know, we're not going to you know bust your balls or tits. Like whatever you're, you're, <laughs> you're dealing with is fine. Uh, you stutter if you fuck up. You think you said something weird. There's, no one knows who you are. So it's fine. Just um, uh, like we, we put online, don't please don't do any prank calls. You won't make it on the thing. Please be sincere. Be as entertaining as you want to be or whatever. But just don't overthink it and don't keep calling in and going. Because in the end, it, you're kind of like Favreau in that scene from Swingers. Oh, you're, you're there. Never call me again. I won't ever do that, but you know what I'm saying. What's that thing? So it's just just don't overthink it and don't worry. And It's kind of like anything. When it's the, the anticipation is far worse than anything that's going to happen. You know, it's, that's like a like life lesson number one right there. You will drive yourself crazy that worrying about what will happen, what good, what bad. Nah, whatever happens is going to be better than when you think it is. And I, I realized I've been doing this show and kind of being like, hey, it's me. Here's Amanda. Roll the first call. And I don't want to do what I used to do where I kind of talk about my life too much or, you know, just say anything that's in my mind. I want to make it as entertaining as possible. But anyway, I'll, I'll just, I want to share things a little bit more just to kick off the show. So I'll share, I'll share a doozy. I, I just got back from vacation and I'll talk about that another time. But before I left, the week before I left, the gal and I were um, in uh, in the house and it's like now nine, nine thirty, and the neighbors behind our house and their, their, their property is kind of far off a little bit where the fence, we're, we're on like a higher ground than them. So you can't even, I can't even really see into their yard unless I climb the top of the fence or whatever. And there's trees up there, but they're having a pool party. They went all day long and it's rolling around 10 o'clock and Kara's sick. And she's like, I gotta go to bed. Are they still partying? And you just hear like eighties music blaring. Like certain songs were louder than other ones in a, in a shitty way. The, the worst songs were the loudest, like. I love so much 80s music, but Every Rose Has Its Thorn can fuck itself. That's not a good song. <laughs> um, that's kind of one. Like, it's the most meaningful Poison song. Like, I don't care. It's a shit. Poison's supposed to be fun. I don't want their introspective song about how one relationship and some groupie he jizzed on that he <laughs> fell in love with, it just went bad. I, yeah, Every Rose Does Have Its Thorn, but it's, it's not the metaphor I thought it was maybe when I was 12. Anyway, song has not aged well, long story long. But that was so fucking loud that it made me laugh. I was like, okay. I was like, where the fuck is that coming from? So I went in the office, where we are right now, the office I'm in right now, and I was like, oh, the window's open. So I shut the window, and I'm like, oh, that cancels it out. Then we went back in the living room, which is two rooms away, and I was like, no, it's still loud as shit. And Kara's like, I got to go to bed. And I'm like, all right, hopefully they'll, they'll cut it out, because at 9, it was too loud, but it was like 10 is the noise ordinance. I'm not on a party pooper. I'm not going to be like, it's, it's 6 p.m. on a Sunday. Stop it. But 10 o'clock? That's when you can legally call the cops. And I don't want to do that. But it's getting 10, 10, 15. Kara goes to bed. She's like, it's too fucking loud. She puts on noise-canceling headphones, and she's still having trouble going to sleep. And I go to bed, and I'm like, all right. Like, I'm watching TV until 10.30. They're still going. And I'm going to bed. And I was like, it's that hope against hope. Please just don't make me. I, I don't know who these people are. I've never met them. I met everybody on my block. These people are on the next block over. Like I said, we share a fence. And I didn't want that to be our introduction. We're like me going, hey, shut up. Uh, but I'm, I get in bed 
And fucking Pat Benatar is uh, is asking me to hit hit her with her best shot to fire away. So that song's blaring, and this woman is back there, and I, I hear it. You know, when you're laying in bed and you can hear stuff so loud, it's just like bugging you. You're be a tough cookie. I'm like, okay. And then she, she's then this woman starts singing along, and she sings along during the crescendo. You know the. You know, it's usually fire away, but there's that fire away, that part at the end. This chick sings it so off key, and that's not (laughs) here nor there. Whatever. I'm not going to judge you. I love someone who fucking belts their heart out and can't sing a note. It's inspiring. But, like, she's just fire away, and I'm in bed. like, And that's I literally sat up and went, nope, nope, nope. And so I walk, I get up, I walk through my dining room, I walk through the outside door, I go in the backyard. Their pool is really loud. So, I, you know, I don't think they can hear me. I just go, hey, guys, it's after 10 on a Sunday. Can you turn it down? And like I've told you, everybody that I've met, all my neighbors have been peaches. And they're like, what the fuck? And they react. It's now just two women, I think, with the front I can make out. But they both react like I went into their tent while they were camping and kicked them in the head while they were trying to sleep. Like that level of venom. The chick's like, welcome to the fucking neighborhood. And this other one goes, buy another fucking house. And I'm like, what? I'm just dumbstruck. And I'm, I get depressed. I'm like, fuck, like, this is how I meet my neighbor? I can't even see him. Like, fucking boo. And I hear the one woman go, bad enough to cut the fucking plants back. And it's like, wait, those plants that were covering my backyard that I paid a guy to cut so I could enjoy my yard? Like, my yard is shitty. It's dirty and brown. There's no grass. It's just tiny. I have a certain amount of space. And I'm very tall. I found myself ducking every time I walked outside because of their plants. They're on my property. I can cut them back. I still can't even see your house. So I'm hearing this fucking talking tree <laughs> tell me to buy another fucking house. Welcome to the fucking... Look, I moved to this neighborhood in 2003. Been here a while. Moved to different places, but it's been this neighborhood pretty much the whole time. Or this neighborhood adjacent. This is the first time through, like, the luck of the gods and all my money and all my wife's money, we were able to buy our own house, which is insane in this market. But we pulled the trigger and did it. Now I have no money. But I have a house. And it's like, buy another, yeah, you know, only go buy another fucking house so you can party past 10, blast it on rose and God knows what else. So it was, I, I just sat there and we just was like, I'm not going to say anything back. And they finally turned the music down and I was, and they're still cursing at me. And I just go, thank you. Which I wrote this online. I wrote the story online on my Facebook if you want to hear more of the story. But someone wrote, that is the most Portland reaction I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> and it's true. I just was like, I'm not going to get in a screaming match. I felt like depressed and sad and there's still like I hear I hear welcome to fucking neighbor as I shut the door to go inside. So I go to bed and I'm just like fuck, at least the music's off or down. And I was just like it, I just went to bed like fuck this sucks. I hate this. I feel like I have a target on my back. But then I woke up the next day laughing cuz I was just like who is that insane? That a neighbor kind of like I didn't call the cops. I just I was like hey, can you maybe fuck you? Mm. Fuck you. Like mm. insane. So uh, now it's just funny. We haven't had any react, interaction since then. Our neighbor, Hillary, who's a, a lovely lady in her 70s who lives next door, she warned me about them. Uh, she said they had two more ragers while we were out of town. We were out of town for 10 days. And I have another friend who lives near me who I emailed about. I was like, have you heard it? He's, and he thinks they Airbnb that house. But that had to be them if they were yelling about, welcome to the fucking neighborhood. So it's weird. Uh, and I also learned what the people there do for a living, and it's a fantastic <laughs> twist. And I can't share it. I know that's a dick tease, and I apologize. But I, I'm trying to work into the act, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, just want to share that because 
and a I'm 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 proud of myself for not getting for not staying depressed for seeing the humor in it because I told Kara and she just laughed it off. She's like, "What what pricks?" And she's much better. She's much more thick skinned than I am. I'm very sensitive. So I was like, "I my neighbors don't like me." And it's like I wasn't in the wrong. Fuck them. Hopefully we can kind of heal this relationship. But I'm also glad that I didn't let my angry side come out and just tell them to fuck off and kick the fence and get in the, you know, I could have called the fucking cops, sleep it off, you you wet assholes, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's just funny because it's like, welcome to the fucking neighborhood. We have a nice little two-bedroom. It's a cute little house. They have a giant thing with a pool. It's like, well, look, mm, I think I'm the underdog in this situation, lady. Uh, so anyway, I just had to share that story. So I'm going to try to share more, more shit like that that I find entertaining. So there we are. Vice from a dipshit. Uh, roll the first call. Hey, Brogner. Uh, long-time listener. Uh, second-time caller. I called when you were uh, coming to Chicago and I asked for a few uh, tips on stuff to do and places to go. And uh, gave out some great advice. I appreciate it. That bar with the tree in it was excellent. They had some great craft beer. But I uh, had a question and some advice needed here. Um, I've worked since I was 14, and uh, at 19, I bought myself a pretty nice car. Uh had my midlife crisis full early, you know, I got myself a Mustang. And uh, the other day, I live right next to the grocery store, and I'm leaving, and there's this kind older gentleman who's always just super nice and goes out of his way to talk to you or whatever. And he was putting away carts right next to my car, and as I'm getting in, he goes, Hey, kid, nice car. I really like the Mustang. And I had half Freudian slip, half, like, stuttered. And as I'm getting into my car, I meant to say, thanks, I'll try not to mess it up. But what came out was, thanks, try not to mess it up, as I closed the door. And I know for a fact he heard me, because he just did one of those, just, you know, his cheeks popped up type of thing. So I guess my question is, is because I was too big of a pussy at the time to get out of the car and be like, hey, man, I just fucked up what I was trying to say. Do I now, like a day later, go up to him and apologize, or do I just not ever talk about it? It kind of, kind of, yeah. It kind of, kind of, but he says, or do I just not ever talk about sure. it? Sure. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, we got the gist. Great. Um, yeah, man, thanks for calling again. I'm glad you had fun at Sheffields in Chicago in general. Yeah, dude, go up to him. Uh, definitely, uh, I, I don't know, It's it's, I've come to realize that I tend to apologize for past transgressions or mistakes, Honestly, mostly for me to make myself feel better because I have a guilty complex or, as I said, I'm sensitive or whatever. But in the end, it helps everybody. You'll make that guy feel better and you'll feel better knowing you made that guy feel better. And you'll both have a laugh. Just honestly, it might feel silly and it's going to kind of suck to have to go, hey, man, I just want to say something to you. I realize maybe tell a bit of a white lie. Say you didn't realize until you were like blocks away that you said that what you said was that you had something else on your mind. You know, don't say, like, I was going to correct it, but then I pushed out and drove away. It's just too much shit to share. Cut that out. But just tell them, like, I meant to say, uh, I'll try not to mess it up or whatever you'd like, you know, what you meant to say. Man, I've been there. When, you, when you've when you just accidentally said something. I remember there was a guy, I was in New York, and this waiter, I was with my, my wife, and he heard that she was a, a manager of comedians, and then I was in comedy. He's like, oh, I'm a comic, too. And he left us his card. We left the restaurant. We left the card on the table. Total mistake. And I still think back and go, that poor fucker. He came back and the car's on the table like, well, fuck you guys. You guys couldn't even take it? You know, if that dude's listening, we were at Momofuku, I think, and in Midtown. And I'm sorry. I meant to take your card, man. I definitely would have passed it on to people that could have helped you. I'm, I'm a fucking dick and I forgot. It's just like you. 
I think so many times the slights that we create can kind of blossom in our own minds and snowball in each other's lives and cause harm just because, I mean, you didn't do anything wrong. Just slip of the tongue, you know, go up to him as weird as it is and just pull him aside and hey, can I talk to you for one second? I said something awful by mistake and it'll make him feel so much better. And you too, not to be a Hallmark card, but you know, reach out and touch someone or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you really have those 80s songs in your head right Yeah, now. I do. You know what? Get his attention. Grab him by the hips. Dino Archie is a really funny, really funny comedian in Vancouver, and he has a bit about he gets in a fight with a guy, he grabs him by the hips and pulls him close. It's such a great, great such a great joke. Anyway, uh, let's hear the next call. Hey, man. Uh, Barnaby Jones from Portland, as you may remember from Ding Donger. So, I travel a shitload, and I, one thing that just irks the crap out of me is when you get through that security line and people are picking up all the stuff out of those trays and they just leave their trays out like friggin' fourth graders or however old they have when they still have toys in school. Do you ever, like, confront people about anything in an airport ever? Because it's such a tiny little thing, but oh my god, it just seems like the worst. Love all your stuff, man. Seen you a couple of times. And stay happy, man. Peace. Peace, Barnaby. What's up, man? Uh, thanks for calling in. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of take it on myself to, if they're backing up, I'll just stack a bunch of them up and move them, like, while I'm waiting for my bag. But, yeah, when people just take it over, I, advice to anyone that's not thinking when they're going through, unless you're very old. If you're very old, it's like, everyone, just calm down. They're old. I, I will I put all my shit in my actual bag as it goes through and then I pick up my shoe in the bag and I walk away and I basically get dressed over on a bench <laughs> out of the way at everyone else, you know, put my jacket back on, put my belt back on, all that jazz. Instead of kind of going, you know, when someone walks away and they left all the trays and just be like, hey, cocksucker, you know, or whatever you were going to yell, it's, it's it's kind of because everyone's moving so much, it's almost like someone cut you off in traffic and you chase them down. It's never smart. As much as, dude, I'm with you. It, dri it drives me insane too when someone's just all about themselves. But I remember I was, I, I'm like TSA pre and clear. I travel so much that I'll just like fucking pay the money to skip a line and I don't care. I remember they put me ahead of this family and I heard this woman behind me go, are you kidding me? To me and everyone. So when I got through, I made it a point to help her kids with their bags and all this stuff. And we're on nice ground again. So it's just, it's one of those things where I think the problem is people are not seeing it as we're in this love together. <laughs> it's just like, I need to get on the fucking plane, just me. Where it's kind of like, well, we kind of got to help each other along, all that jazz. So, and that in TSA, that's where it's the most. The answer to your solution is just help. You know, if people are leaving shit stacked up, just grab a bunch of it and throw it underneath the thing. You know, they always appreciate that. But like in terms of <laughs> lashing out, man, I've done that so many times in my life, and it's never. I'm think I'm a, I'm a hundred for a hundred. It was never a good idea, never a good idea to just lash out because it's just you feel good in the moment, and then <laughs> never know what's coming next. Anyway, <laughs> let's roll the next one. Hi, Matt. So my lease clearly says you cannot have dogs in the building, and this guy has a teacup Maltese, which I'm pretty cool with. But I get reports for all kinds of dumb complaints, like my window being open when my AC is on or having guests over for too many nights. 
or my lights turning on and off too much or my cooking being too strong. At this point, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Huh. Wow, yeah. I mean, your lights on and off? That just sounds insane. Either you've got, like, some crazy neighbor. I mean, I hope it's not the person with the teacup because that's... It's, that's, that's still a pet, even though it's, it's a very stashable, stashable dog. Hence the name. You can hide it in a teacup. Yeah, that sucks. I hate that shit where you – because you put in that position where you don't want to be that person. Like we've always been that person in a, or a job where they you don't do anything right, but there's always someone that's like a golden boy or girl. And you want to be like, what the fuck about Alan? Alan comes in drunk every day. But then you're a snitch. Then you're just dumping on Alan. I think rather than call out, you know, Alan for his teacup doggy, I would kind of, I wonder if you could, there's a lot of renter's rights uh, organizations. Like I said, I don't Google on the show. I'm a dipshit. I'm, I'm sure there's something, not rather than lodge a uh, complaint, find, you know what I think I would do? I would, I would look at the lease because I'm sure there's nothing in there about too strong cooking or <laughs> lights going on and off or too many guests. <laughs> the shit that's like a boarding house for women in the 30s was there a gentleman caller was there a, was did they have did they have an escort a matronly escort did a did a man with his gross grabby hands have an older woman with him you know where it's like you're an adult i assume you're an adult too many guests get fucked landlord I mean, it's like, okay, if you're having loud parties or something, okay. But just too many get that just sounds insane to me. I would just write a, either write a friendly letter or make a phone call and just say, look, I don't, want to, I don't want any of this as long as my rent is paid. I'm being a fair tenant. My rent is paid on time. I will have guests. I will occasionally turn my lights on or off. <laughs> like, are you doing like a poltergeist thing where you're flipping the switch a lot? It's like a strobe. Fuck, I'm high. Or whatever, you know. I assume you're not doing that shit. You sound really rational. Yeah, I don't know. You pro- there's probably that one tenant that's like we've all lived above someone that's been like, stop stomping around. You're like, I went from the living room to the kitchen in leather shoes. I'm sorry, you know, in middle of the day or whatever. It's got to be some tenant. I hope it's not the teacup dude, as I said. But I'm sure it's just some oversensitive tenant that's just way too far up their own ass. So I think to answer your question, I would either call the landlord or the management company or even if you want, write them a letter. Check with your lawyer. There, there's a lot of free renter's rights services that you can check with and just go, just go. hey, listen, can I have half an hour of your time to bounce this off you? Usually you write up some letter like that that's been notarized, whatever, made official. Then you, you don't have a problem because the laws in this country you know, protect you from being evicted for any, any of that shit that you've, ta- that you've said. I hope that answers your question just from a layman's perspective. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I liked that one. Yeah, it was fun. Hey, dipshit. Uh, <laughs> my name is Justin. I'm from L.A. You do a fantastic job of playing dads in commercials, so I figured you would be the first person or the best person to go to about this. You're like the Daniel Day-Lewis of dads, commercial dads, so that's a compliment. Uh, you're welcome. What I'm thinking about moving in with my girlfriend i have a tiny house and i've already let her have a drawer in that tiny house so that's a big thing in tiny houses if you're not familiar but i kind of want her to move in now 
I need to know what's one thing that I can avoid. Like, what's an obstacle that happens when you live with a partner that's avoidable? Some simple shit, or it could be some profound shit. I just need to have as much, uh, I guess, in the banks of knowledge before moving in with this young lady. She's somewhat crazy. I don't know if that influences any of it at all. Anyway, thank you, Matt. Love what you're doing. Love the podcast. And I can't wait to hear. Hey, man. Thanks for calling in. I've actually done a commercial since like 2008. That was my I, – when I started – when I did Letterman and I started doing The Road, I was like, no more commercials. And so I just – I'm sure I would be a far richer man if I would have stuck with commercials. But, 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 that said, I had done a lot and I do play a dad on TV a lot of times. I, and I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> Dan Tate Lewis of dads. I'll take it. Um, I haven't been so method that I'm going around impregnating people, but – I think that's what Daniel Day-Lewis would do with his, his level of commitment. Um, yeah, dude, my wife is the first woman I've lived with that I've had a romantic relationship with. I've had a female roommate before, but no one I've dated. And it turned out me taking the plunge and, and moving in with her and getting our own place together was the best thing that could have happened to me. It's just It was like risk-reward. It was like, I don't know how this is going to go, but you know, my life philosophy is just like, well, try it. If it doesn't work, you do something else. First off, I dig your attitude, man, because you're fully into it. I like that your call was not about, oh, I don't know, man, I've never lived with anybody, because that's it's that's pretty common. I mean, it's, it's really awesome that you're kind of like, how do I not fuck this up? What or what is there any advice for living with someone? A, a big part of it is giving each other space. Make sure that that you both are aware that it's important that sometimes you both have to be alone. Uh, whether it's one of you going off with like having a having a, a night with your friends without her and vice versa. Or, you know, I'm not saying like schedule, oh, we each have a day off every week or whatever. Just be aware where it's, it's, if she wants to go, look, I just want to hang out with my friend tonight. Great. That is the best thing ever, you know? And I'm not saying you run off and go like, oh, I need like the weekend with my boys every time or whatever. Give each other space is one. Two, <laughs> give her more than a drawer. Uh, you should divide the space at least somewhat, somewhat equally, but Dude, I'm telling you, uh, not I'm going to be completely stereotypical and possibly sexist here, but have, living with a women, woman, it's going to be a lot cleaner. She's going to have great ideas, technically, usually about how the how the place should be. Listen to her, and uh, it's just better to live in a in, in a place that has a woman's touch. And that's I'm sure there. Listen, I'm not even I'm sure. I totally know there are women that are absolute fucking slobs because I've known them. Um, but I'm just saying, on the main, dudes are. Grosser, grosser, grosser than women in, in all kinds of ways. But it, you're going to have a better living space and it's it's going to be nicer. And man, just be grateful that you have someone in your life and be grateful you have someone to come home to. It sounds so obvious and stuff, but it is really cool when, you're, when you've had a rough day to just be like, hey, babe, and have someone to sit with, have someone to watch shows with. The, the positives definitely outweigh the negatives as far as in my in my experience. This is someone you've chosen to be in a relationship with and, and live with. You're already definitely into this person. So happy sailing. I mean, it's going to be the, the negatives are going to be dumb, dumb shit. Like, oh, fuck, I, I can't watch the next episode of Queer Eye until she comes home. I'm dying to see what the goddamn Fab <laughs> Five are going to do to somebody's house and life. Come home. God damn it. You know, and that's but that's. That's silly. All that is is it's like waiting to eat a nice piece of cake and not just shovel it down your face, which you would do if you're alone kind of thing. So you, it's it, – I'm just saying it, it's probably going to be really good. And look – and if it doesn't work out, at least you tried it. 
you're not going to have that thing in your life where you're like, fuck, I wonder what it would have been if I would have let her move into my life and open my heart a little bit. You know, I, I hope that helps. I wish I had something a little more specific, but I'm just trying to be as broad as possible and, you know, not stuff like my wife deals with like, well, stop beating off in the sink when my parents are over. Um, if that's something you deal with, <laughs> um, at least close the door. The tattoo on your ass is gross. so gross. Who even likes Def Leppard? Um, but I, I hope that helps you out, man. Thanks for the compliment. I will continue to be a non-dad who plays a fucking random dad. It's so weird, by the way. I was on Up All Night carrying around other people's children. Being like, yeah, this is my son. I had to carry a baby in so many scenes. And like when you work with a baby, there's two of them. It's always twins. And want to be crying. They're like, switch out the baby. And it's like a prop. And they keep them in the same, yeah, they just keep them in the same crib and everything. What? It's crazy. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I had all, no idea. It's always twins. Wow. There's, there's babies in movies. Really? Behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Just like with 101 Dalmatians, when they did that movie, uh-huh. it was really like 500. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh my God. Because they grow. Yeah, oh, you're right. Because they grow so fast and they need them to be puppies. That's wild. So they'll. So it ended up being like 500 Dalmatians. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's so interesting. Hey, Matt. Um, so, basically what's happened is I've really lost a motivation to do anything outside of work because I think the one drive still there is I know that somebody's watching it, like keeping an eye on me, and I have to, you know, meet certain expectations. So, you know, there's motivation there, but when I get home... It's, uh, so it, it's, it's a whole lot of nothing. It's, you know, diving into YouTube for way too long and, you know, revisiting everything in iTunes that I've watched a million times. And I know that, you know, through therapy and things like that, I've, uh, you know, been putting a lot of focus on a, you know, failed relationship and how that you know, changed me and how I'm getting past that, which working on. But on the side, you know, outside of just, you know, doing what I can to find the value in me again is that lack of what, you know, I, I've, I've lost the drive. I've, I've, I just come home and do nothing. So my question to you, you're in a rut. You're stuck. You're not getting it. Where, where do you dig to find the drive? That's my question. Hoping to hear a response. I greatly appreciate it. And you are amazing. Uh, love your performances. You know, anytime you want to come to Minneapolis, uh, you are welcome. But I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, man, thanks for calling. I get back to Minneapolis as often as I can. I, I usually play Acme Comedy Club, which is like a really hard club to get into because every com- comedian in the world wants to play there. It's just hands down, I'd say probably the best, neck and neck with uh, Comedy Works in Denver and Comedy on State in Madison. It's amazing. Anyway, and I love that town. I always joke that Minneapolis is like if Chicago and Portland had a baby. Uh, so I would love to come, and I will when I can but uh, to your question, man, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I am in a rut every single day of my life uh, in terms of creating, in terms of 
being your own scheduler in terms of what's creative, in terms of what you want to uh, work on and things. I'm like you, man. I will go down that hole on YouTube. I will look at Twitter forever. I will look at, you know, like all of us different, you know, web, uh, just websites writing articles about movies. I'll watch movie trailers. And as much as, yeah, maybe that'll give you ideas, you're still touching that, that endorphin spot in your brain over and over and over like those mice they would give cocaine to or they just hit a button for water or hit a butter, button for cocaine and they did cocaine so much they just died. It's that thing where you're just, you're not helping your creative process. What has helped me is I, I always have this document that's open on my uh, laptop that's just called For Today and I make myself a little schedule. So it sounds like you go to work and, and that's good that you have a job and you're, and you're, it sounds like you're motivated in that. And, and it is always helpful to have something where you have built in deadlines. You feel like you're part of a team. It's very hard to be self-motivating. It's really hard. So what you do is you make a schedule and it's not a schedule. You can, you can use Google calendar too, but I usually keep my for, for today stuff just for stuff I'm working on. So I'll have like, let's say for your thing, you get off work around like five or six schedule, like seven o'clock dinner, eight o'clock work on, uh, let's say, your screenplay from 8 to 9, 9 o'clock, do research for blah, blah, blah from 9 to 9.30, give yourself a little break right there to maybe watch like an hour of TV or something like that, or, or, or go down a YouTube hole, whatever. But then when that time's over, you have a thing after that. And just keep, keep on your own ass and keep that document open. I, I rewrite it every day. I write myself a new schedule the night before every day. And the next day I look at it and go, oh, what do I have? And I put everything on there. I put like, oh, I'm going to exercise thing at like nine. And then at 10, I should work on this thing. Oh, at so-and-so, I should email this person. You know, you, and you can, and I have things underneath all that stuff that is like calls to make, emails to make. And every time I finish one of those things, I delete it. So as the day goes on, your six o'clock, your seven o'clock, your eight o'clock, your nine o'clock goes away. And then when you're all done and take a second for you to go to bed and make yourself a rough schedule for the next day. And so at the very, it, it gives you something to look forward to. And I, I don't know if my th therapist advised me to do that or if it's something I just came up with, but it, it's damn fucking hard to just try to be Stephen King and write 600 pages a day or whatever he does in his office and um, be, be that disciplined. I, obviously the goal is to kind of lose yourself in your work and just forget the time but by building yourself a schedule like that, I feel like you'll do that because then you've got – you have something hard and set and firm that is on your computer to go by. Don't get disheartened. Understand a lot of it is, is probably you feeling uninspired and that, that hits all of us. We all run into uh, a rut and just say, fuck it. I don't want to work on this. But then later you feel guilty and it's just a it's just a, a downward spiral and blah, blah, blah. So just write yourself a little a little schedule every day. Try that out. See if that works. And best of luck to you, man. Thanks for calling in. That's all the time we have. Uh, guys, be sure to rate us on iTunes and um, get your friends to call into the show, you know, if they're curious or like, they're like, what's that bullshit you're listening to? Just be like, hey, it's only a half an hour. It only takes up that much real estate in your life. And the, the host is fucking super good looking. So is the producer. Because <laughs> that's all that matters in life. Nope. But uh, the number to call is 323 763-0228 at 323-763-0228. See, it's red hot, man. People are calling all the time. All the time. Even more on the show. It's like, hold the fuck on. We're, we're talking to the people. 323-763-0228. Uh, 
thanks everybody for calling in and, and rate us on iTunes. Give us a nice uh, thing and, and just a thing to keep uh, an eye out for. We're gonna in the coming months. We're trying to get this thing on the road. Uh, what we're gonna do is we'll we'll listen to the live calls live with everybody, which I did it in Denver once, and it's a fucking blast because then everyone listens to the calls for the first time, just like I do. And they formulate in their head, what would my advice be? And then you hear what my dumbass says. And then we're going to have a mic up and after the first uh, section. And then people can just come up and just ask me shit right there. And it'll all be recorded. It'll all be part of the podcast. And it'll be a fun little communal thing. The more you promote the podcast and help us, the more we have a, a possibility to come to town near you. And uh, we're going to be setting up a, a Patreon pretty soon uh, with levels and fun stuff. So if you want to support the podcast and make it worth Amanda's while for doing all this awesome work and uh, get this thing going, then, um, uh, yeah, you can, you can be a patron, a sponsor. So keep an eye out for that. We just wanted to put a bunch of podcast episodes out before we put any possibility of, uh, anything coming in because we want you to know what you get. So again, thanks for calling in dipshit folks like myself. Have a good one and, uh, be good to yourself. Bye fuckos. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. It's advice from a dipshit with Matt Frogger.